Hello? Nope, still crap. I don't know, did you like turn the amp all the way down maybe? What? Oh god. That is the worst. It's like, hey, you don't want this fucker to hear ya. Do ya? It may have. I mean, it's probably... It's probably fine, but like, when Skype does that, it appears to be at like a system level. I gotta, let me just turn this all the way up, see if everything... It's the worst. Hey, look at that. I turned up the volume on the mic in Skype, and now all of a sudden Audacity looks normal. It's like a, I think it's... What a piece of garbage. Advanced options, no sounds, general settings. I don't know, there's somewhere in there you can tell Skype to like don't touch anything. Fuck off, Skype. (laughs) That should be the checkbox. Allow me to uh you gonna you gonna keep an eye on the waveform. Yeah, don't worry. Make sure it doesn't like dip back down. (laughs) No, we're we're good. Use uh Skype blah 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 blah. I'm sorry, my keep going, but I'm gonna spend some time digging through Skype and when I discover it. I'm going to murder a Swede. This is the thank you about buyers portion anyway. All right, cool. I'm going to thank Ryan. Maybe I already thanked him, but he bought two shirts. That seems good enough for a double thank you. Absolutely. And more recently, Ben, who actually sent an email, which <laughs> I feel like maybe he bought the shirt just to get an email in. That That doesn't need to be part of the process, but it does work. Oh, shit. Actually, after we read this one, I think I had another one from somebody else who bought a shirt that I didn't read. So it doesn't work 100%. I'm going to have to try and find that one. But he says, yo, Dave and Joel, I just bought a shirt, so I think that means I get an email read on the show. Whoever wrote it a few weeks ago is saying tortas are crap is an idiot. I mean, let's all, we're all friends here. Let's call him a butthead. (laughs) There's a difference between being ignorant and being stupid. You know what I mean? He just hasn't had a chance. He just doesn't know. It's not that he's being willful about it. He might have been. Who cares? He continues to say, obviously, tortas are great, but what type do you prefer? I love Cuban tortas. Where where I live, they have a layer of grilled chicken, (laughs) grilled steak, ham, beef franks, lettuce, avocado, white cheese, which he puts in scare quotes, which is like the only way to describe it. I have no idea what that cheese is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and tomatoes between the buns. It's as good as it sounds. It does. It uh, sounds amazing. I mean, my favorite, which I think we talked about the last time, is the Milanese torta, which is just, it's like uh, veal, like a schnitzel. And it is the best. And there's just something about the texture of that white cheese. Like, uh, I, I would Google it. White cheese torta. What? Come on, tell me what it is. I don't know. I can't tell from like a a look a quick look. It's just like it's just it's kind of stretchy and it, it's just perfect. And he he finishes to say, uh, "Whatever happened to Joel and Dave? Did they ever get a baby? I hope so." Well, their website no longer exists. <laughs> when I just looked it up, so <laughs> I hope so too. Or maybe they just ran we... out of the fi- fifteen dollars a year it would take to run a website. I'm almost certain they got the baby. That's probably yeah. what that means. Or maybe they broke up. Okay, that would be that'd be so sad. It's because their preferred order was Dave and Joel, and they were like, can't even fucking get it. <laughs> What's even the point of being together? Look at these other, listen to these other two gay nerds talk about stuff. 
They've got it locked down. You guys were just lucky. You just happened to register the domain first. You sit there with your gaby. I'm just going to clock off a couple emails and hope that this one of them is by someone who sent a shirt. Uh, Steven Lazar sends an email. The subject is peanut butter, turkey, and hummus sandwich. The message text is, you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. That might be too many good things for all at once. 10 pounds of water weight as you vomit the contents of your stomach up over and over and over again. I like all those things. That sounds like the sandwich in Deadly Premonition that is made of turkey, cereal, and strawberry jam. Uh, ben says... Not sure if you guys would be interesting, but I'm wondering if you two might look at State of the State of Decay. I'm finding it really fun. It is delivering everything I've ever wanted in a zombie survival game. Just wondering if you guys might entertain us with your impressions. Uh, I thought about getting that game. It does look cool. This is like the RTSE one. Uh, it, yes and no. I guess it depends on your. De- it's well, it's RTS like, in the same way the Brutal Legend kind of was RTS. It's got, yeah. Okay. So it's got like resource management and stuff. And so you'll go out and you'll collect crap and then you donate it to a locker and that gets you like influence points and then you can choose, use influence points to like build a infirmary or something like that. And it does look cool. Yeah, why are we all beholden to this locker? Stop feeding (laughs) everything to the locker people. We got to eat. Can't eat a gun, Joel. Not even in the post-apocalypse. Well, yeah, I can shoot stuff. Is the locker going to get my back? Like, is the locker going to clear that corner? (laughs) Yo, I got you, Joel. It's Clank. like I'm imagining Clank. like one of my like high school locker like shuffling down the street behind me and then like leaning out from behind a building. Joel, I'm sorry I couldn't get your back. The high school bullies shoved five hot hot dogs through the grills. <laughs> <laughs> the zombie apocalypse, the uh, mobile sentient locker might be your best friend because you can just get inside that jam. Also, yeah, it can't be bitten, and it confers that property upon you when you're inside of it. <laughs> Imputed unbiteability. <laughs> uh, let's see. says, oh, shit. Well, I didn't say his last name. <laughs> Fuck. I'll just beep it out. He says, if you read this on your show, please do not read out my real name. Just call me Jake or something random instead. Whatever. No, so- no, no, no. If you write in, we won't use your last name, but why would you be ashamed? Like, anybody well, you know is going to listen to this. Well, me, oh, it's possible. Listen, they're, they're like little nerd nodes all yeah, around the country. Yeah, but if that's true, then everybody he knows probably already nodelets. knows whatever opinion he's about to express. I think and it's about... knows about George, our show. I think it's about girls. Sweet. <laughs> Tell her you love her. No, what's that? What's I can't. Her, her, my girlfriend's sister's dad. <laughs> then you got to chug, we're probably not even pronouncing that right. That's why I didn't want us to say it. Yeah. He's, he's like, like, I'll be thrown into a rage and forced to murder you both. Uh, okay. He says, uh, as per tradition, I'll start with a food question. Beer counts as food. Do you enjoy chocolate or oatmeal stouts? A friend of mine introduced me to these delightful concoctions about a year ago, and I've been trying different varieties ever since. A few of them present delicate and intricate combinations of flavors and spices that would put them in contention with the wine from Drops of God. Unfortunately, most of them are microbrews. It's not really possible to find outside the province. Are there any that you would recommend? I'm uh, guessing that you're from Canada. Well, you know, maybe also the UK? I don't yeah. think they have provinces in the UK. <laughs> they have, uh, like, what was India? <laughs> a colony? Yeah, it was a colony, actually. 
<laughs> Same deal. Or a Commonwealth, uh, but whatever. I actually did have a, a chocolate style recently. I don't remember the name of it. Beer for me sort of operates on two levels. There's like the ultimate garbage, like Bud Light and Paps Blue Ribbon. And then there's everything else that I find just tolerable and fine. And I'll just drink it. And yeah. Maybe like above that, there's like one or two beers I'll recognize and say, Hey, I actually like that. Get it again. <laughs> because for me, it's just like they above a certain threshold of quality, they all just kind of taste the same. Yeah, I'll defer to Dave because my favorite alcoholic beverage is Kool Aid. <laughs> I'm also, I'm also, I'm kind of known as like the beer trash, or like beer garbage disposal here. So just in case somebody buys, say, a gluten free cider or a blueberry ale and drinks one, is like, oh, I can't drink that. I'm like, don't worry, I'm here. Sounds like a challenge. I've got your back. Humming the guile theme. All right. No, it's more like I just grab the first one I see in the fridge, and there'll be like four varieties of beer, and I'm like, I literally don't care. Just give me whichever one. All right. So now he said, now now for the real issue. I'm working in a new place a couple months, office environment plus plus, where I become enamored with a coworker. She's become increasingly attractive to me over the last couple of weeks, but I'm not sure how to proceed. This is a new situation for me. I never knew love could bloom in the workplace if you were anyone other than GoGo13 or 0091. Don't make the comparison to GoGo13. Lee, that's I more like a third that, date material. No, I think that might count as like a murder threat. Mm-hmm. Um, if you said that about President Barack Obama, the Secret Service would descend upon you. I'm in love with Barack Obama, kind of like GoGo13. He's going to Queen Bee the president. <laughs> we got a Queen Bee situation. President, swarm, I'm sorry, swarm. you can't ride naked on horseback anymore. But Jim, yeah, it's my favorite thing to do. He, he continues to say, unfortunately, I lack the raw sexual appeal of either of those two. The kind that would leave a woman begging me to pull her trigger over and over again as soon as our eyes meet. So I turn to you, great sages of gentle manliness. What should I do? Oh, God. She has been warming up to this me more kid and more is screwed. each passing week, and we get along well. Should I take it real slow and careful, or should I just be straight up with her? I.e., hey, I think you're pretty rad. Would you like to go out with me? Or is there a better method to go? A secret fast karate seduction method? Uh, accident. Accidentally. <laughs> It's the secret fast karate. Uh, I would definitely do the slow approach and hope that one of you quits so that you can ask her out. Yeah, I've I've never been embroiled in an office romance. Uh, he says, "Note: I'd rather stare down the barrel of Gogo's M16 than do the pickup artist routine or enact a contrived anime seduction plot." So most other sources of advices are out. Yeah, those aren't hints. sources of advice. Yeah, dude. hints with a Z. You got to get some some IRL experience. So here, this is the deal, right? Anything can work out. If you are like sort of mature and let it happen, it could work out great. It will potentially compromise your job though. If you two break up, that's really the only concern. Yeah. And that's what you got to think about. So consider in this harsh economy, whether that's a risk you're willing to take. Also, I don't don't know. There's a slow and steady approach, and there's the, like, I'm just going to be friends with this girl and then hope she accidentally Yeah, don't. that's not slow and steady. Yeah. That is not slow and steady. So just, I don't know. If you really want to go for it, just be real about your feelings. 
could casually invite and her out to see Pacific Rim. Yeah. Now, that's a date movie if I ever saw one. It's I mean, one of those date movies where I went with Graziel's parents <laughs> and I wanted to tear both of their throats out. <laughs> um, uh, so, Graz's mom literally stood up in the theater and applauded two or three times over the course of the movie, which, like, all right, that's a little weird, but whatever. <laughs> that's People certainly will clap during movies. I don't know about the standy-uppy part. Dude, this this and, movie needs a standing O. Look at that projection. Give me the projectionist. I, I think I might have told you about this, but anytime something comedic happened in the movie, her dad would lean over to me and be like, Ah, is this a comedy? No, you told me that when we were hanging out. It's called comic relief. That's Listen, Graziella's dad, what it is because I don't movies. remember your name. It's Joe. I could it's really sad that I could not remember the name Joe. Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> I could have guessed and would have probably had like an 80% chance to get it right. Joey Jojo Shababu. Oh. So did did you see Pacific Rim? I haven't yet. Ah, if only we could have gone. I know, man. It would have worked out perfectly. All right. Here's my short and sweet thoughts on Pacific Rim. It is delightful to see a movie that is so sincere in this day and age. That's like, that's what made me most happy when I was watching this movie. I was like comparing it to Transformers in my head, and I was like, okay, there's no part where like there's a super obvious product placement car. There's no like Megan Fox looking super hot because that's going to pull in like X amount of viewers. There's no like five minute long robot piss joke because that's going to pull in X amount of viewers. There's no like racist robots. Dave, are you saying that this film actually had vision and it wasn't just some focus group, bland, banal piece of garbage? I really like, or I almost said Benicio, I really like Guillermo del Toro. It took me a little while to come around on him. And I think I still don't like Blade 2, though I haven't seen it in a while. Well, that's fine. That's only one of his movies. He's made many really good movies. Yeah, yeah. And even if they're like not really good, they are definitely okay. Blade 2 would have been fine if they just kept the cool ways to kill the vampires. That's my only problem with it. Oh, like, yeah. grenades are dumb. Well, he didn't write the movie, Dave. He just directed it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I don't know if it has vision. I mean, he's basically responsible. He could be responsible for that flying elbow slam, which was totally sweet. That, totally. <laughs> all right, I'll back all board. <laughs> uh, yeah, vision might be stretching it because the script is pretty bad. That doesn't mean – now, when I say vision, I don't mean like the script is amazing. I mean that the movie is sincere because it reflects one person's overall imagination of the film, you know? Yeah. Like it's not well, – it's it's not it's not so clearly the result of, uh, you know, what do des- moms age 30 to 40 think yeah. and how do we kind of synchronize that with what 12-year-olds think? Let's say a small group of artists because – you know, a film isn't made by one person That's true. these days. But, yeah, it's really good. Like, if they had just spent probably a couple more tens of thousand dollars, like, getting the good, the bad parts out of that script, it would have been pretty much perfect. <laughs> no. Because, like, the just general punching monsters and the use of an ocean liner as a sword, it's all pretty, it's all pretty standout-ish. <laughs> And also, 
they have like a couple like cutesy physics jokes kind of like i'm trying to think of like what category you would put them in but like the robots like sliding backwards like super fast and he's sliding backwards and and he almost falls off the dock but then just the back of his his robot foot like hits one of the pylons and it like tips forward a little bit and bird flies away there's like a couple of those jokes in the movie that are spaced oh, like yeah. really, really close together, and I'm like, you guys could have just had one of those. They're like, Dave, not everybody's as quick, you know. Cut them some slack. Yeah, They're dealing with the people that liked That's Transformers. <laughs> but God, I just they, Dave, people made Battleship. Okay, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it doesn't even matter who watched it or whether the general public liked it. People on Earth thought that would be an okay movie. So yeah. You gotta. So even even through the haze of Graziella's parents, I really loved it. Gosh. And the the like really satisfying thing about it is you can actually see what's going on in the fights. Like there's a lot of wide long shots where you see like uh, what do you I don't know helicopter. What do you call it when something grabs a giant dinosaur by the legs and then spins in a 360 and throws them somewhere? Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's what that movie is. <laughs> Dude, this makes me want to see it even more. I really wish you we could have gone again. Like with such few, like so few reservations espoused uh uh an affection for a movie yeah. like ever. Oh, it just it tickled me. It's like I I probably go and see about one movie in theaters a year. And I guess The Hobbit came out in December, so I'm still good. <laughs> For 2013, <laughs> you but that's not the last movie I saw. I yeah, it I... was. It was a. I also took a day off that day, so it was like double waste. <laughs> I think I would have actually preferred to be at work. Yeah. Good lord. <laughs> well, truth be told, you watch that movie in 3D, and a lot of it feels like work. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I. I mean, all I can say is that. The script is pretty rough. It's not like it's not like you're watching and you're like, this they, is I mean, it's, the worst. It's just like at the, they just needed 75% less, like, we're going to finish this lines. Yeah, but I mean, like, real talk, you and I enjoy Get a Robo, so. Totally. But Get a Robo is in Japanese, <laughs> which is a language we don't really speak, so we can't tell what's cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> we they, they were subtitled. You can understand. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, for me, there is a discrete difference between, like, or there's a definite difference between, like, a language I can speak and a language I can understand, like, a few hundred words in and the basic grammar where, like, I can tell if, like, the words on the screen are cheesy to a certain extent, but in a language I'm not fluent in, I'm, I'm more willing to go with the flow. Also, there was, like, very limited... You know, like move shouting and stuff like that in Pacific Rim, but save it for the sequel. <laughs> what was he gonna? Well, what was happen. the name of the move? Boat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, like just screams boat as he cracks the thing in the with face the with a cargo ship. <laughs> Get a boat. On the topic of Japanese language stuff, been playing that Dragon's Crown. Oh yes, which I can't. Re- I can't review yet, but I can give impressions. Uh, and Who it told you you select... can't review it? Was it Zach? No, no, no. It's actually, uh, this is, so this is like probably the most self-actualizing thing that has ever happened to me in my life. I like woke up one morning and I saw an email and they were like, 
we're sending you Dragon's Crown for review. And I was like, I didn't ask anybody for that. The universe I, just knew, Dave. And then it went, looks like we made it. <laughs> Graziella, wake up. Wake up. I have something important to tell you. And I just stormed around the house in my underwear for like an hour and a half. Are you ready to be song. incredibly uncomfortable with the physiognomy of characters? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so the, my thing about the Japanese language is you can pick if your character speaks in English and Japanese. Always and pick Japanese. That's I was rule number one. A little, a little echolalia, like <laughs> basically just switching to the Japanese and repeatedly hit, hitting the voice sample button for the elf and then saying whatever the elf said to Graziella in my best Japanese elf voice <laughs> <laughs> until she punched me, <laughs> which is how these things tend to go. So but, who uh, are you reviewing it for? Just Nobody. I mean, I think what happened is I'm finally on their, like, hey, these freelancer, this freelancer is all right list. Dave. So they're just sending me. These the are only exciting other, times. I know. The only other time this, like, anything like this ever happened to me is when I sort of just rolled the dice and was like, hey, Square Edict, I have a podcast. How about giving me Tactics Ogre? And they were like, okay. And I was like, no, wait. Are you, <laughs> you fools? This is I why your company is in debt. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. <laughs> but uh, anyway, awesome. god damn. The, that sorcerer's breasts. Mm. If, if it was, so they knew too. Oh, because that was part well, of was, the design. That was no, but I'm saying they knew that people would be ashamed of it because the wizard is almost a palette swap of the sorceress. There's palette swaps of wait, what? Okay, so there's a sorceress and a wizard. Oh, right. The classes are like sorceress, wizard, knife, dwarf, aka beard, uh, <laughs> elf, and Amazon. Right. Which, by the way, after the sorceress, the grossest thing about this game is the Amazon's butt smash is literally a butt smash. And her, like, ass cheeks, like, balloon out right before she does it. It's pretty weird. Also, she, like, when Dude, she's straddling wait, one... Dude, wait, They shouldn't balloon out. The Amazon looks totally cut. That yeah, that's be, like, what I'm saying. She's got... in the head with a two-by-four. She's got, like, super, like, ripped, just, like, muscular buttocks. And then they become this, like, plump badonkadonk right before she does the move. <laughs> like, when she's in midair about to butt smash. Uh, maybe some... Maybe she's, like, flexing them some weird way. So the sorceress and the wizard have almost the exact same moves, is what I'm saying. So they made this game, and they were like, some people are going to want to play a magic user, and the way this woman's tits, like, undulate around when she moves is just like, people are not going to be able to tolerate it. So we better make this wizard so people can still cast fire tornadoes. <laughs> so you're saying the wizard is the apology for the sorceress. Yeah, kind of. But like this, so the difference is that they have different, uh, they, there's a pretty cool school skill system where you unlock skills and then they give you these equipable items that you can put in your inventory to like cast spells or poison your bow or like produce a dagger out of thin air. And so the sorceress has a bunch of cool support spells, like a protect spell. And I was like, man, I'd like to try some of those, but I'm not gonna cause this is too gross. And I kept trying. Like, I played her for like two or three levels over the course of however many hours we put into the game. And I'm just like, I can't do it. It's just too gross. <laughs> That's really a shame. There are all these like weird scenes. So you, 
it's the setup of the game is really cool. It plays like one of the Dungeons and Dragons games, but it's framed kind of like you're playing a Dungeons and Dragons campaign and there's a guy narrating it that kind of sounds like a GM. And as you progress through the dungeon for the first time, you'll get these like little plot stories where they'll put you in front of a super detailed painting and then just narrate like, yo, you ran into like a hobgoblin chef or whatever. And there's one of them where you run into a dying warrior nun and she's got like a severed hellhound head is like chewing on her arm still. And she's just like complete, completely spread eagled showing you her like chainmail clad vagina while she is dying. And it's just like, I mean, I tweeted about it yesterday. I was like, the shame that the sorceresses run imbues in me is the shame I imagine normal people feel when they see you playing Bayonetta. Yeah. So, but I mean, otherwise, like if you can play even the Amazon by the standards set by the sorceress, it's totally tolerable. <laughs> so if you can play the other classes, it does seem pretty fun. Maybe they just really wanted to make the sorceress and they're like, all right. Or they wanted to make the Amazon. And they were like, okay, we have to somehow make this acceptable because the art director guy was just not going to budge. Yeah. And so they well, went over the top of her, but they went too far. The art and director guy is the, the owner wizard. of the company. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, it was just sort of <laughs> the, one no of those budding. things where, like, we'll introduce a mongoose to deal with our snake problem, and then yeah. we'll hope the mongoose is freeze or something. So, so going around Twitter has been there's been this this picture of like what Dragon's Crown looked like in 1998 when it was going to yeah, come out on Dreamcast. Dreamcast and there is a the female knight in it just the middle of her body like above the knees and below the hips is just this like scattering of leather belts that like that's not going to cover your vag dude <laughs> like it's certainly not going to protect it uh that was a sort of incongruous sentence it's not going to cover your vag dude <laughs> Yeah, well, you can parse that on your own time. But as far as games made by the, these people go, it seems just slightly more mechanically deep than their average game, which is nice. And So no Odin I, Sphere, holy crap, yeah. I've played this game for how long? It's kind of still one-button combat. Technically, there are two buttons. The other button just tends to be like a charge move or shoot your bow if you're the elf. But it's really fast-paced, and you can cancel out of almost everything. And there's a lot of, like, directional moves and a couple charge moves. So you're you're constantly doing stuff. Yeah, it seemed like the it, it kind of looked a little bit like a, a bullet hell um, golden axe, where your, 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 your goal is really to just not get hit. Yeah, you're, there, there, there are definitely moments where the screen is just, like, going crazy. And you have no idea what's happening. And also, if you're only playing with two people, the game will just throw in these NPC allies, which are chosen like semi at random. You have a stock of them. And if they send in one that is the same class as your character, just like, good luck knowing who's who. Because <laughs> especially with like the Amazon, the difference is like, well, oh, her yeah. hair is blonde and hers is like strawberry blonde. <laughs> But it's not like one of them is all of a sudden wearing a tracksuit or something. No. That would be great. <laughs> Just give me some alternate costumes. Like, when the the skills are represented by tarot cards, and on the sorceress's tarot card, there is, like, 
busty sorceress, and on the other side, it's like old crone. And I was like, just let me play the crone. <laughs> but then I had visions of like the dead or alive, like boob aid slider. Oh. <laughs> where it's just like slid up to 99 years old. Uh. But playing that elf is pretty dope. And I'm going to tell you why. You can dash, and then as you're dashing, you can hit the arrow button, and she like turns 180 degrees and fires arrows diagonally into the ground. And that's a pretty slick move. That seems... And, uh, yeah. I mean, the art style aside, that game did look like a lot of fun. It's pretty cool. And it seems... Like I said, it just seems like there's a lot more depth, which is what the like uh, Odin's Sphere and Muramasa were lacking. Muramasa a little less so. My concern is that we've played it for like maybe five or six hours, so we haven't gotten to the point which I am 1,000% sure is going to happen, which is like, hey, you liked playing this game? Play it all again, or maybe three times, or maybe play it four times. Because <laughs> we and, are out of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe this game is fun enough and also co-op enough that that won't be a problem, but like, that killed me on Odin Sphere, and to a lesser extent, it killed me on Muramasa. And by it killed me on Muramasa, I mean I beat it once. And I was like, no thank you, game. I am finished. Uh, yeah, I think the co-op will certainly aid in the playthrough. I mean, like, how many times did we beat that raft stage in, in uh, Fantasy Star? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What's that guy's name? Zaro Day? Yeah, like, <laughs> we, uh, we put in a lot of time, and the only reason we did it was because we were playing with our friends. Yeah, exactly. So that that ameliorates some of that stuff. It just it constantly feels like you're doing something, which is also the problem with like Odin Sphere, where it's like you had one button combat and you couldn't really cancel your moves, and you had like one four hit combo, and that was it. Whereas with this, I'm like jumping around as an elf. When you get to level 15, you can buy a skill that gives you multiple dodges in a row. Which I was, I got, I went to the Adventurers Guild. I had three skill points. I'm like, I'm level 15. I'm going in here, I'm getting my multiple dodges, and I'm getting the thing that gives me another inventory slot. And it was like, no, they are two skill points each, and you only have three. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> Curse this hyperinflation at the Adventurer's Guild. Why am I even buying these? That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But and like, <laughs> there's there's a lot of cool stuff, like the Amazon and the, the Knight both have charge moves that just slam their weapon into the ground like a shockwave, and then they lose their weapon for a couple seconds and have to run around punching people. And the Amazon, it's, she's like, does super fast karate, but she's still got this like huge ass that takes up the entire screen. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, at that point, it's just kind of funny because you're like, well, I'm not looking at the sorcerer, so I guess it's okay. Ah, uh, yes. Shame is a continuum. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. With, I like, am not Bayonetta. as bad as you, therefore I am good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd like I'd like to see where it ends up, but I was thinking today I was like, Odin's fear was very nearly one of the original like fast karate flips. So I was like, will Dragon's Crown also mimic no, this trend? The first one was definitely Bumpy Trot. Bumpy Trot was definitely early on. The things I remember were Indigo Prophecy and possibly Call of Cthulhu. I think Bumpy Trot was like the most. Bumpy Trot was pretty bad. The, like the most <laughs> uh, blatant example of the fast karate flip because I, only, I think we recorded that con we did because that's when we were doing the half an hour episodes twice a week. So you talked about it on like Monday, and then by Wednesday, Bumpy Trot was dead to you. <laughs> well. 
Man, I wish so we I could, could get to be in a robot. Some of that, and then all of a sudden, you're like, yo, screw this robot. It's like once once you are aware of the situation, it kind of ruins it. But I think a lot of people were charmed by the fast karate flip, and it seems like it's just basically. We're just too aware of it existing now, yeah. so it's just never going to happen again because you're going to hedge your bets. Well, it, it may cases. never happen again because, first of all, we don't record at such a sort of quick interval. And mm-hmm. secondly, like, I don't know, I barely ever play games anymore. So it's like, yeah, you're like, it'd be funny if in a couple of weeks you, you, you I know the games I'm playing are good because you like, guys told me they were. That's why I bought them. Dota is pretty good at 180 hours, and then that counter no, turns Dota over is, at 181. Dota is never good. <laughs> Dota is a struggle to maintain your faith in humanity. I like to look at it as like the mental training for the apocalypse that everybody ignores. Yeah. Like if I can suffer through the mental rigor of a Dota match. Mm-hmm. What could society falling apart possibly do to me psychically? So, so you're saying everybody else is stocking up on like shotgun shells? Well, I mean, granted, <laughs> I'll be out of shape, but like, really, the mental game is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care how many pull-ups so, you can do if you're like gibbering in the corner because you, you know, you couldn't handle it when somebody died. When when Zed's gang has you cram a saw into your best friend's head, <laughs> you'll just do it. You're like, hey, listen, I played Dota. I'm dead inside. Well, I'm just going to look him in the eye and be like, look, nub, you should have had wards. You're way too far out in this lane. And he'll be They're like, jungle what? the fuck out of this. <laughs> uh, the end of my post-apocalypse life. It's like, there it just ends. What are you buying that? Oh, what, but I'm ripped. What's your buy order? I know Krav Maga. Yeah, well, you got hit in the head with a shovel. Uh, do you want to talk any about Dusty Revenge? Uh, I feel like we wouldn't do it justice at this point. Yeah, you want to hold off on it? Yeah, let's let's hold off on okay. Dusty Revenge. I could do a, I could do another email or two. I can talk about a game I just found out about that I'm super psyched for. Go Mercenary Kings. It looks oh, yeah. amazing. Oh. All right, so Graz and I played about five minutes of that. The local co-op is not only split screen. But it treats the game like you have four players, even if you have only two. So everybody gets like a little postage stamp corner of the screen. Yeah, little postage stamp. Your your screen is like what fifty two inches. It's very big. There's still no- it's fifty one. But <laughs> when we were trying to stream it and we couldn't get the screen in full screen, so we had to lower the resolution and play it windowed, which didn't help. But yeah. it was basically unplayable as a. Like, Local you know, 720p game. window inside of our Windows desktop. Oh, that's lame. But I don't know why they wouldn't... I mean, obviously, why they've done is because they want all the players to be able to run around wherever they like. And if you die, you get kicked back to a checkpoint. And they don't want to kick all the players back to a checkpoint. But I wish they would just make a mode that just did that. Just call so it everybody Contra play on this. Yeah, it's just... Like, what is the point of having couch co-op where the screen is super small in a side-scroller? Like that's the whole point of side scrollers and games like that, is that you everybody can play on the same screen, which also is like this weird complaint I have with Dragon's Crown. It's like just leave the fucking camera zoomed out, please, because like it like expanding and contracting every one second is really maddening. Yeah, but yeah, it did seem cool from what I played of it. It does, it does seem kind of like a not very like directed experience. It seems like. Well, we made these pretty big sprawling levels, and we're going to give you kind of lame quests to do in them. 
but it plays like Metal Slug, and Metal Slug is really fun, so no big deal. <laughs> like, it's still cool. I just kind of wish it was like Metal Slug, you could buy the upgraded gu- upgradable guns, but you were going through Metal Slug levels instead of this like weird quasi-open world thing with like MMO quests. Still interested in it. Totally. Uh, if you get it, we could like schedule time to play it together without the umbrance of uh, or the encumbrance of, of split screen totes. How much does it cost? It's on Steam, right? You got you I think bought it's it. Like fi- yeah, I think it's like fifteen bucks. Oh, that's that's pretty much done then. Yeah, that's not a lot of money. That's why I pack lunches, yo. <laughs> yeah, basically every time I buy a lunch, I'm like, that's some video game I can't buy. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding, I buy them anyway, because I have no fiscal sense. <laughs> uh, Let me, like, read an email or two more. Let's do it. That. We've got 75. That's less than it could be. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Joe says, food you that you feel killing you, but you eat anyway. My name's Joe, and I'm from Scotland. I'm going to get straight to the point. Here in Scotland, fish and chips... Shops sell deep-fried Mars bars, or any chocolate bar, really, if you ask. And even though you can feel it giving you diabetes while eating, they are just too good to stop. I was just wondering if you have tried anything as dangerously decadent as what I described, slash, do they deep-fry chocolate over there? The answer is yes. They're, we deep-fry everything in America. Yeah. <laughs> we de- we have found a way to deep-fry beer, you might remember from an earlier podcast. Uh, yeah, I eat a lot of stuff like that. It's hard to even pick out just one i guess maybe not really stuff like fried candy bars i think i would draw yeah. the line there but well uh yeah i i've never been into like the deep fry everything thing however there is a chain of stores called the chip shop in america that do that and i think i've talked about the scotch egg that i obtained from that <laughs> restaurant which if anybody out there needs a refresher is a hard-boiled egg surrounded by sausage and then deep fried <laughs> Like, I feel like I, I ate that thing and, like, the Logan's Run crystal in my hand turned black. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Does two bags of famous Amos cookies in a day count as one fried Mars oh, bar? Oh, man. Probably. It is not fair that the cervix size on cookies <laughs> being one. <laughs> There's, like, that, the, what's his name? Is it Brian Hansen? The, like, sort of family-friendly comic who speaks in the dumb voice occasionally. Maybe. Uh, the the guy who, like, the Fig Newtons is a sleeve. Oh, yeah. The serving size of Fig Newtons is a sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Like, that's just how it be. A row of Oreos is the amount of Oreos I want to eat. Oh, man. Yeah. If only... Uh, I, I would be so much healthier if I existed in a world without all that stuff. Because it's not like I crave it when it's not there. But then when it's there, it's like an irresistible temptation. I actually, so I was watching, Anderson Cooper was on at the gym, and they were talking about fat people and how to not be a fatty fat fat, and the lady was like, willpower is like a muscle. The more you use it, the more fatigued it gets. Just don't keep fucking cookies in your house, fatty. And then they show the table of her shit. It's like, brownie mix? Really? You're trying to lose weight? You got brownie mix in your house? <laughs> it's like contraband? Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, that's also like kind of shenanigans because it's like you can tell that these shows are designed for people that live in the suburbs because it's like the only place I can get food is the store. It's like yeah. I walk by a million places I can buy things that are terrible for me. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like 
if you're in a situation where the grocery store, like the one grocery store trip a week comprises like 90% of your food intake, that's a different situation. My problem is that my work subsidizes candy, so it's only 25 cents. How am I supposed to resist yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you'd be losing money by not eating it. <laughs> There's a packet of peanut M&M's sitting in the vending machine just staring at me. Like, if I go sit down at my desk, I can hear its echoey calls. God, so I finally, like, I found a a vending machine in my office building. It took about two years. It was on the ninth floor. I just happened to be wandering by. It was by the freight elevators. This is after the ninth floor has already been emptied and is about to be, like, gutted. So for about a month, I basically had my own personal vending machine where I, could, I would just like look at the inventory and see it slowly reducing and being like, yep, I ate all those things. <laughs> and then eventually, like I went up there one day and it was just gone. And I was like, oh, oh, no. I mean, uh, that's probably for the best. <laughs> I just had to like slink back downstairs with no peanut butter cups. But yes, it probably was. It doesn't stop me from eating all the jelly bins in the office, like food repository, <laughs> which is such a waste. Jelly beans are such like a waste of your candy calories. Oh yeah, dude. It's like they're so dumb, and they don't even taste that good. And you eat like five hundred of them because they're so small. Yes. It's okay. So uh, okay. So I found the, the email from the dude who sent one after having bought a, a sticker. It's from May thirtieth. So I'm sorry about the wait. Sometimes these things slip your mind. Michael, he says, thanks for the t-shirt and stickers. I find a suitably hilarious place to put one and send you a picture. That is their intended purpose. I suggest if you go to any punk shows in church basements, you place them in the bathroom. Because that is what I always think about as like the the prime use of stickers. Uh he says, I, I want to know. That should be the fast karate challenge. You need to get that sticker on a picture of, in the local news. Yeah. One time I put one on a construction site, and then I walked by a little later, like a, a couple weeks later, and it was gone. And I was like, where'd it go? Construction site's still here. How'd they get rid of it? <laughs> why would they even bother? Yeah. Post no bills, Joel. That's why. <laughs> Post no bills. <laughs> what does that even mean in a modern context? Yeah. Why would that prohibition still be stated thusly? I don't know. You gotta pay. You gotta pay good money if you want a poster on a construction site. Like if you want five hundred posters of Zoe Deschanel's "The New Girl," <laughs> you gotta pay. New York is such a dumb place sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so he says I picked up the pre-order of Rogue Legacy when I heard about your advanced copy. Game is super fun. I'm holding off on playing it so I don't burn out before the true release, which has already happened because this email's old. I also purchased FTL and Binding of Isaac on your recommendation. I'm wondering if you can suggest a couple more roguelike games in that vein. Games like Dwarf and Dwarf Fortress are too in depth for me, so I was hoping we'd have a couple more accessions for accessible roguelike games. Dude, Lost Labby. If you haven't played Lost Labby oh, yet, Google classic. it. Classic. Also, in the vein of Lost Labby, there's a game called Desktop Dungeons. Yes. Which is kind of... It's not exactly a roguelike because it's not randomly generated, but it's sort of like a dungeon-crawling puzzle game where there's a set amount of resources on the floor of the dungeon and the math is all static. So, like... A level two character will always kill a level one goblin taking one damage. Stuff like that. And you have to plan the best route you can through the dungeon. 
That's good. I'm I'm glad we thought of those. And it's also free. I think it's like a web game. Yeah, you can just play. I think we've played. I've played both. Actually, in my like, so my my frantic quest is to keep my inbox as small as possible because that makes me feel like I'm doing something with my life. <laughs> so my my current my 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 constant objective is keep it in the single digits the amount of emails I have in there, which I'm currently failing at. But uh, there's a new Otaku USA cycle going, so that's like a couple of emails that I can't get rid of yet. Uh, but the bottom most email is the from the dudes who made Desktop Dungeon in August 2011 saying, hey, your beta copy of this game that you bought is ready. And I have not received another email from them since. So I hope the beta's going well, I guess. But that, for some reason, I just have not removed that from my inbox. Like, I feel like I'm finally, I'm going to resolve it someday. So I'm going to get some closure. It's like that task that you just refuse to uncheck. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm glad we were able to think of those because I was like, he already said Rogue Legacy, FTL, and Binding of Isaac, and those just are have, all the ones I know. Just have to put it on your way back hat. Yeah, yeah, it's Lost, been a long time. Lost Labby, the best Madonna song ever, <laughs> ever composed. And in case you can't find Lost Labby by googling it, it's Lost Labyrinth. Let's see if we can. Because yeah, Lost Lab. Yeah, no, Lost Labby works. Oh. Yeah, Lost Labby was the name of the EXE file. <laughs> That's what we always <laughs> refer to it by. Do, 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 It's like the song is so good. Yeah. All right. All right. You want to stop then? Sure. Clap. Let's do that. Got some emails. Feel pretty good about this. We are down to 73. <laughs> Let's get it down to one page. It's 50 per page. All right. Oh, this is shenanigans. Let's... If you Google Lost Labyrinth song, all you come up with is... Sonic the Hedgehog music. Kill yourself. Well, there's something called Lost Labby the Movie.avi. Let's see if we can get any. Uh... That is almost certainly a virus. Well, but it's like a YouTube video. This is crap. This is just some like tonal music. Ah. Come on. Where's my Lost Labby theme song? I know. I'm searching for it too. Just download the game and get the wave file. Yeah. That's in that directory. <laughs> it's not even a game you have to install. It's just like something you unzip. <laughs> I'm going to do it right now. Oh, uh, what a good game. Oh, yeah. It's great. All right. Let's clap. Word. One, two, three. Yeah, it was solely just Skype being a dick. He's good to mute whole system, yeah. I don't even know if Skype was made by people from Sweden. <laughs> Let's just assume it was. And not like Silicon Valley, which is almost certainly the case. I love how the the picture for Lost Labby, like if you oh, go no, to the website. It's Estonian. Skype is Estonian? It's Estonian, Danish, and Swedish, so you're not racist this time. I was kind of hoping I was racist. <laughs> Keep on trying. I just can't do it. Just too open-minded and Someday. cosmopolitan. Someday. Yeah. Anyway, the Lost Labby website has that like gorilla-looking monster. That is not even close to what the game looks like. <laughs> <laughs> dare to dream, Lost Labby. Dare to dream. Can you imagine if that's what it was? 
You were like yeah, actually some... in that labyrinth. I think that game. Uh, that's would be pretty much scary. Less fun. Uh, <laughs> why does he have a cod face made of wood and bones? Um, I don't know, Dave. <laughs> I don't want to know we what's under never. that cod piece. All right, Wait for music. Lost Labby 2. Boom. Oh, what is yeah, this? Uh... These files are .xm and Balada, whatever. I'm just gonna launch the game. <laughs> I prefer Ogum. If you're asking, just run it. Just go. Just do Loading it. Loading settings. Here we go. Oh, I, critical error. I guess no, I do no. have to extract all. I was going to say, just crank your speakers. Just let me hear it. The whole game is 18 meg. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds a little, a little much. Oh, dude, this is taking forever. My computer All blows. Right. Oh, mod files. I... Yeah, why? What is it, like, licensed, you guys? And I'm going to have to no. spend the rest of the night looking. Oh, maybe it's under sounds. Oh, VS VLC music works. Or VSC player works. To just play it? Yeah. Crank this shit! <laughs> it's still good. It's still good. Loving it! <laughs> <laughs> 